What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of PJ Talks. Right. What up, Pastor Let's James? Do it, Robert. We have a couple of just house cleaning things that have to get done first. Okay. Number one, Pastor James, you have a big announcement to make about something happening happening in April. April. Hey, seriously. Impact 2018. All of you need to come to this. Now, I, what is Impact? Impact is a day of inspiration for those of us who lead. And when I say lead, you can lead uh, a Sunday school department or a a, a, a class, classroom of fourth graders, or you can be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So this is for any leader. Any leader. It's a one-day conference yes. held at our Southwest campus. Yes. But you can find more information uh, either in the description below or the link that's right in front of us. Ooh. Right. It's not there right it. now. I but I it, see it. By faith. Boom. By faith. Do you right. like the little I know little it just snap? happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, we're going to put it here, 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 here. Our oh. lineup, our lineup for that day is off the hook. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to check out the website right. impactconference.life. Um, it's gonna be an epic day. It I'm really super is. pumped in April yep. for that. It's the end of April. I think it's April 28th. April 28th. I believe it is. Mark your calendars now. That's it. But today we want to talk about caring for leaders. Good. We want to hear from you, being a leader of leaders, mm -hmm. how you can go into through your many years of leadership and pour into the people, especially because this year is a very reflective year for you. Oh my gosh. 2018. I'll is cry about it today. Before <laughs> it's over with, if you talk about the 30 years and I tell you the stories, I'll cry. So yeah, you're right. It's 30 years of you leading our church. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's longer than I've been alive. Shut up, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about some of the things that we've been hearing. And the biggest thing that we've heard of, as we've been developing stories and getting things ready for our October mm, celebration. Which I haven't seen any and it scares me. No, you will probably not see wow. much of it okay. until then because we want to hit you right in right, the, right in the right. feels. Mm. But mm. one thing that has been consistent is your care for your leaders. Now, where does that develop? Honestly, and I, I've said this maybe before on this podcast, but most of what I am today came out of pain in the past. And that's pretty much the truth with a lot of leaders that I talk to. In other words, in the early years of the development as a leader, uh, in the, uh, especially in the early part of your life, stuff happens. It's not pleasant. It's painful. And you say, you know, if I ever get the chance, I'll do it different. So for me, when I was uh, a young leader, by the way, this spring, I will have been giving gospel messages for Jesus for 40 years. That's crazy. That, now that's really way older than you. That's way double my age. Double your age. I was 17 years old, senior in high school, and I gave my first sermon. Anyways, um, but the leaders that I had over me, a lot of, not all, there, was some, there were absolutely some good ones that poured into me and loved me and Lydia and helped us and all of that. But <clears throat> for the most part, I wasn't given the care that a young leader needs. Mm. A safe place to not be okay, um, a safe place to journey in life and, and develop as a leader. And so when I became a pastor, uh, a lead pastor of New Life at 27 years of age, I always said, I'm going to make sure that there's a culture at New Life Church where leaders can grow and develop and, 
and make mistakes and not be shamed for it. Uh, they can experiment, and, and if they blow it, okay, you know. And that's where it developed. I, I just decided, Lydia and I both, in the early days, that uh, the kind of culture we would have at New Life would be a safe environment for leaders and that we would provide care based on friendship. That Again, I, we may have talked about that in the past, right? We did. We talked about that a couple episodes, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And... That's kind of where this idea developed from as mm -hmm. well, because one thing that I heard from somebody, and I think it was you, is you said that leadership in ministry is lonely mm -hmm. because you pour out, you pour out, you pour out, and you're mm -hmm. never poured back into. Right. And then one thing that we heard for, from an interview <clears throat> about the 30 years is that this individual felt depleted, felt empty, but was still a leader under you under your leadership, mm -hmm. but you poured into them. Yeah. How do you even begin to know when someone on your team needs to be poured into? Honestly, it, I don't think there's one answer to that. I, I'm always looking. Uh, I, I don't know. I, there's a discernment thing. You pick up on it. I think you're spirit-led. There's things that I can tell when somebody's energy's down, when they um, they seem to be a little too edgy, <laughs> or maybe you pick up on their sad, there's a sadness in their heart. Uh, you, you, you feel that, you sense it. And then you say, <laughs> you know, hey, are you okay? Is it all good? And uh, sometimes they'll say, yeah, I'm all right, it's all good, it's all fine. And they're lying. <laughs> or sometimes they'll come clean. But it's a discernment thing. And then you just, I'm, I'm just constantly asking that question. What I are am. some of the questions that you ask? Um, like I just said, hey, how is it? How are you doing? But on uh, a deeper level, let's say that someone, you can definitely tell that they're depleted. Right. And then you say, how are they? They say, oh, you know, I'm not too good, Pastor, but it's okay. What's yeah. your follow-up? I, I don't think it's a pat answer. I'm, I, I will do anything to get you talking. Because if I can get you talking when you're in a, in, in a bad space, what's inside bubbles up. And then I can know how to help you as a leader. Uh, it may be your marriage, it may be as a parent, it may be financial pressure, it might be, you know, it's a thousand things it could be. Um, I just was on the phone yesterday with uh, a leader, very significant leader in our, our uh, organization, and, you know, we, 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 I listened. I listened for an hour and a half, but I started off at the front end just, I knew something was wrong. Just in some meetings we had, like just body language, the, 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 the tenor of their voice, the, the energy was down. And I'm like, hmm. So anyways, I called him and I said, hey, I just, it just seems like something's not exactly, are you okay? And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. And I said, well, let's talk about it. So I began to ask questions that just allowed this person, I teed it up for him. And that's what we do. By the way, that's a key point. That's really key. And I'm not good at it yet. I'm still working on this. You've got to be a good listener because they'll tell you where they're at if you allow them. They'll just kind of, kind of bubbles up. And then you'll know how, like with this person, I knew they really do need, that it's more than just, um, uh, you know, an hour conversation with me. They really do need some uh, extensive help and a good Christian therapist to come alongside them and help them process. So I'm setting that up for them and, and they're gonna go to, to a, 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 an intensive counseling thing for two or three days. Anyways, that's what came out of that conversation. 
That's the kind of care that, especially if you're the lead person of anything, the head of a department, the head of a business, head of a church, our job is to take care of the folks. How do you remember that, though? When you're in the middle of just craziness and deadlines and thousands of people walking through your doors, how do you even begin to remember it's that? It's so easy. It is? Yes, it's so easy. Robert, <clears throat> you want to be like Jesus? Do I personally want yes. to be like Jesus? Yes. Of course you do. <laughs> so let's talk about how Jesus led. Okay. Jesus, on one day, was feeding about 20,000. 5,000 men, so that you know you got kids and wives, so 20,000. But Jesus, even though he talked and ministered to the thousands, he poured his life into 12. And here's what he knew. And then he poured his life into three of the 12, and then he had John, the beloved, which is closest to Jesus. He was their best friends. Okay, so this is important. If you can remember, who are your 12? Because as they go, so goes your organization, so goes your business. So I will intentionally, when you look at my work week, it will intentionally say where I'm gonna invest my energy and my life and my resources. I wanna take care of those who are gonna take care of the sheep. I'm a rancher and I have under shepherds. I'm a rancher, I mean a shepherd too, but I'm a, a, a rancher shepherd. So I'm overseeing the shepherds who oversee the sheep, the flock. So if I can intentionally pour my life into my three and then into the other nine, then I know that long-term they're gonna take care of the, the sheep, help me to, to, to govern this thing called new life where there's six, 7,000 people who call this church home. That's the way I think about everything. It's, it's not even, I don't, it's, I got, okay, you ready for the story? I'm ready. Is it's, it a good one? Oh, it's good. It's Stephen Covey, like 30 years ago, I learned this. Who is that? Stephen, oh, gosh. Hey, I'm, I'm no, trying to edify. <laughs> I, I know, I know, Stephen Covey. Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yes, okay. Right. I know yeah. that book. I've actually read that book. I didn't even know that that was the author. <laughs> Stephen Covey tells a story, and it's about the farmer who gets this, this, uh, this goose that lays golden eggs. He's like, whoa, my God, he's poor. He's a very poor farmer. But he gets this goose that's laying golden eggs. He comes and tells his wife, oh, my gosh, this goose lays golden eggs. We're going to be wealthy. So every day, faithfully, that goose is laying these golden eggs. He goes out there and he takes the, the golden egg, takes it, sells it. He gets another you know, boatload of money from that. Next day, same thing, goes on and on for a couple years. And then one day he goes out there and uh, the goose didn't lay a golden egg. And he got so mad, he said, why are you laying golden eggs? And, you know, and he got so mad at this goose. By the way, let me back up, big part of the story. Every day he- Pause for a second, yeah, there's yeah. sirens. Is that bad? Yeah. You don't like that? No. So I'm going to start all over again? No, no, no. You get to the one day he walked out and the goose wasn't laying eggs. So one day he walks out to the barn. He goes to, to get the golden egg from the, the goose and there's not one there. And by the way, you got to back up. He's been feeding this goose every day because it's laying the golden eggs. So every day he feeds this goose and you know, takes good care of it, nurtures it because it's laying the golden egg. But one, one day he goes out and he didn't, you know, didn't lay the golden egg. So he gets so angry. Why didn't, you, why didn't you lay the golden egg? 
he got so angry that he starts choking this go- this goose and he's so angry he doesn't realize what he's doing he finally killed the goose that lays the golden eggs here's the lessons number one take care of your gooses that are laying the golden eggs who is it on your team that are producing the golden eggs they're not a lot of them so is there a deeper level than just giving them food oh of course yeah i'm talking about nurturing loving caring for sending this person i'm going to send to a christian counseling center i want their soul good i just don't want them to produce the golden eggs that they can do on sunday I want to make sure their soul's good, their family's good, their finances are good. Make sure that they're good as a person, right? But here's what, okay, but this is, it really does relate to this thing. Okay. Take care of the gooses that lay the golden eggs. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yes. So who are my 12? The gooses. (laughs) They're laying the golden eggs. At the same time, when they don't, when they have a bad day, and you go out there and they have messed up, and one day they didn't lay the golden egg. Don't get so angry with them that you choke the life out. Not physically, obviously, but you say things that destroy their soul and they stop producing the golden eggs for you. And they'll go somewhere else and lay the golden eggs for somebody else. Wow. That's a heavy revy, dude. That's a good one. That is a good one. So back to the team. Take care of those who take care of the team. Make, make sure that they're good in spirit, soul, and body. There's a guy in the business sector who has five minute meetings with his staff. Mm-hmm. Everybody from the male person to his executives. Mm-hmm. Every couple months they do a five minute meeting. Now, have you ever deployed anything like that with your staff before? What do you mean? Where you have intentionally sat down with each and every one of them? No. Is it because you're holding firm on the 12 and then you're expectant that those leaders develop the same relationship with their 12, so on and yeah. so forth? Yeah. See, I, yeah, because I think that at some point your span of care, it's all about span of care. This is really key. You can really only give really, really good care to 12. They're, they're really, you think in the Bible, it's all about 12. 12 disciples, 12 tribes of Israel, 12 sons of Jacob, 12 foundations of the new Jerusalem coming, you know, uh, down from heaven. There's 12 is the, the span of government, the span of care. So when I think about, uh, and when we talk about a, a home group, you know, in, in, in my home, anywhere over 12, somebody's not contributing. They're not talking. They're shutting down. Too many people in the room. You know, you, you were here. We had that big party, and there's like 60 people in our home. Yeah. Well, you know, we had fun, but nobody went deep. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I think of new life in the sense that Lydia and I lead pastors, and I've got my, my 12 are my campus pastors. My directional team, that's pretty much around 12. At some point as the church grows, you have to keep thinking about making sure they're caring for 12, they're caring for 12, and then under them, you know, the same thing. That, that's just the way I see it. Have you ever gotten off track of that? Of course. How do you fix it? You come back again to this way of thinking. That's why training's so important. That's why this, this podcast so important. Because you learn to think a certain way. Everybody veers off. But I always come back to the training that I had 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was, to, to think through. Because remember, the church started 45. It was easy to govern, to lead, and to give care to the, the team until it got up to about 200. And that's when you have to choose. And a lot of you out there, you're pastoring churches, you're hitting that 200 mark or thereabouts, you're headed towards that. This is key. 
There's something very true about the 200 barrier. 200 barrier, it's where a lot of churches, most churches stop growing. And here's why. Because they, the lead pastor, still wants to be the shepherd over everybody. We marry, we bury, we're everybody's hero. Everybody thinks we're awesome, we know everybody's name. And at 200, you gotta say, wait a second, do, do, I, do I want to be a part of something great? If I do, then I've got to release shepherding care to others, and then they become people's heroes. And that happened with me when Bill Cheney came on my staff. How did that revolutionize it? Oh, it was huge because, well, the positive is the church exploded with growth because I, as one leader, can only cover so many people. And again, it's between two and 300 that you know everybody's name. And again, every Sunday when there's a baby dedication, you're the hero. You're holding the baby up like I did with you, Robert. <laughs> I did his baby dedication. Anyways, it's very true. But, but everybody thinks you're awesome, right? Yeah. But all of a sudden, uh, they're saying, hey, listen, I, I want Bill Cheney to, to do my baby dedication rather than, than you. No, but you're wonderful, but I just want Bill. Well, what's wrong with me, right? Or counseling. Hey, because I'm a terrible counselor, as you know. I really am. I'm not a good therapy counselor. Uh, but Bill was a good, good counselor. So people started lining up at his door instead of my door. And I had to work through some issues like you got to give up to go up. You got to give up to go up. When you say you have to give up to go up. Yes. How do you know what to give up to go up? Do you just have that inkling? Because like you could have very well said, okay, I'm going to give up this so I can still help Bill with counseling. You have to give up what you're not good at, you're not called to, you're not anointed to do, uh, but you do because you're a good soldier and you've been doing, and it feels good when you do it. I mean, I really enjoyed baby dedications. I still, I did one Sunday, but I no longer do them solo, ever. If I'm gonna do a baby dedication, I've got, like Sunday, I had Joan Kathleen, who's at the Northwest. Yeah, the campus pastors. The campus pastors. I wanna make sure that they, I'm putting change, my change in their pocket, my influence. So yeah, I partnered with them, but they did half, I did half. So you want to give up, um, and then you give up some stuff also. Like I'm a pretty good speaker, I think, uh, most of the time. But I had to start giving up some of the teaching load. So how do you not isolate yourself while in a leadership role? Hmm. How do you not isolate yourself in a leadership role? Yes. You have to be very intentional about that. Well, it's, let me put it this way. If your temperament is like mine, there are some temperaments that they, they are energized by lots of people and by crowds, and they don't need a lot of solitude. I do. I'm wired up that I'm very good when I'm with the public, but for me to recharge my batteries emotionally, spiritually, I've got to be really in solitude. And so I have to be very intentional about not staying in the cave. It's good to go in the cave for a day or two, but you got to come back out. How do you get the leader in your organization to come out of their cave when they have secluded themselves? Uh, you discern, you have to be discerning of whether they need to stay in the cave for a day or two, sometimes for a week or two. You got to discern that. that I mean, I wish I had a better answer. So it comes from a gut feeling? It's a gut feeling, yeah. Because the truth is sometimes depression Let's say they're in a period of depression. 
sometimes that depression is exactly where they need to be for the moment. That's what people don't understand. We try to pull people out of depression when sometimes they're in a period of grief and loss, a period of, of uh, trying to figure things out. And if you pull them out of that, say, oh, come on, cheer up, get, uh, get over that. If you do that, you're going to shortcut what God's doing in them. So that's a discernment thing, right? So, um, but then there are times when you absolutely say, come on, you, you need to, your mojo's bad, let's go. <laughs> wow. See, what nobody knows because the cameras and mics were off, uh-huh. um, I was very frustrated yeah. about 15 minutes ago yeah. because the stupid sun would not cooperate. And what did you ask me to do? I don't know. What did I No, ask you me? asked me to cause the sun to stand still. And I said I was going to do the Joshua thing. I'd try a prayer. <laughs> but I'm not really good at stopping the sun from No, you know, I don't think that's either of our jobs. Yeah. So the mojo, the energy was a little bit... It was tense. It was a little tense. So I had to pull him out of the cave a little bit. Come on, Robert, let's go. So to recap, give me five nice things off the cuff, mm-hmm. real quick. Five things to be aware of when intentionally looking to care for your leadership team. You're 12. To care for them. Um, one is keep the relationship good. Because they're not going to open up to you if they don't trust you. Mm. If they can't be real in saying, you know, me and my wife, it's bad. If they can't tell you that and be safe, they never will. So you can't care for them. And I'm telling you, Robert, and it's different. Thank God it's different today in the church than it was uh, for the most part 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh, If you're a pastor, you suffered in silence. There was a lot of quiet desperation because pastors couldn't come clean right? They couldn't be honest about my marriage or whatever. So that's the first thing. Keep the relationship good to where they can be honest. And so they, you can give the care. Uh, I said it a while ago, be a good listener. Ask good questions. Ask good questions. You know, you want, the, you want it well with their soul. So ask, ask good questions. Um, this is going to be, a, this is real spiritual here, but be spirit-led. Because the spirit will give you whispers. He will give you promptings. That, I mean, all the facts and the data doesn't say this, but you know, in your knower, in your gut, the Spirit is saying, mm-mm. And I'm telling you, Rob, that's happened more times than I can tell you with me. And when you sense it and the person will, how did you know that? Well, I don't know. I just got this idea, but I recognize this idea is, is the Holy Spirit. So be Spirit-led. And I don't know how to say this one either, but... Um, never stop caring for 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 people because I promise you there's a lot of leaders that especially the more the church grows and more effectiveness the more success you have you can lose track of this fact that you are called at the end of the day James Ranger is called to shepherd people I must have the smell of sheep on me and pastors can ah don't bother pastor you know, they come in late to the service, they leave early from the service, and then they go straight to their gated community and go in their house and close their door, and he's the man of God. And uh, they stop caring for the sheep. So no matter how many people New Life has, if the Lord added another 1,000 people or 1,500 people or 3,000 people to the church, I will never cease being a shepherd. Because at the end of the day, I'm not just a leader, 
I'm a shepherd leader. So that's good. I don't know if that's five, but that is five. Okay, cool. I was counting. That's All what right. I'm here for. You talk, keeping me on track. I listen. Yeah. Together, see, a team. <laughs> right on. Well, I mean, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to this one? No, man, it's a good talk. I've enjoyed this. I liked this one as well. But hey, if you liked uh, anything you heard today, let us know. That's the biggest thing. Share we it. love feedback. Um, we also really enjoy the fact that you guys are listening. So like, subscribe, share, shoot us an email at podcast at nlc.life. Don't forget to hit up Pastor James's Instagram. Yeah. It's popping. I it think popping. It is popping. Yeah. Yeah. You've been I'm putting out new, uh, <laughs> new content. It looks good. Yeah. Hey, uh, Robert, and we want questions. Questions from them. We right? have an awesome episode coming up based off of some questions that we got from people Fantastic. from this podcast. Love it. Um, so yes, send us your questions. That's the email podcast at nlc.life. They can shoot all their questions there. Also, don't forget about Impact coming up very, very mm -hmm. soon. So mark your calendars and visit impactconference.life for more information. Right on. Other than that, we will see you next week for another episode of PJ Talks. Right on, man. <laughs>